Welcome to the Mission Cleveland weekly podcast, encouragement and hope in a despairing world. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Jesus said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray together. Father, I pray that you will open our minds and hearts to hear your word to us this evening. I pray that in light of this season, you will instill a sense of joy in each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good evening to everyone. Thank you. My sermon is over the Joel text that, um, uh, that Sean read for us. Um, the occasion for the book of Joel, which was one of the minor prophets, one of 12 minor prophets, the occasion for the book of Joel was actually a locust plague that had devastated the land and the crops so much that it threatened the very existence of the people uh, and the livestock and even the wild animals because there was so much destruction from this locust plague. Um, No doubt it was a result of the sin of the people of Israel, a locust plague, just like in the book of Exodus that uh, God sent to the people of Egypt. um, There was a reversal of sorts. Uh, It was now uh, upon the people of Israel It's debated when Joel was actually written. Best that I could tell was it was likely in the post-exilic time after the the return of the exiles to the land, but while Israel continued to remain under foreign rule. So immediately preceding our text in chapter 2, Joel calls the people to repentance And this call to repentance leads to a reversal of the earlier destruction, okay? So, locust plague, people repent, reversal. 
That's how, that's how it happened. Um, this section that uh, Sean read to us is a section of rejoicing in God's grace and deliverance. So I think one of the main points that we can take from this is that repentance always precedes joy. Always. If you want to be a person of deep joy in your life, you must, by necessity, be a person of repentance first. If we want God's deliverance and salvation, we must repent. We must show sorrow for our sins and who we've wronged. Then joy comes. You may say, I want to be a happier, more joyful person. Consider starting with repentance. So we are in the Easter season in the Anglican world. In fact, in uh, most of the Christian world that practices the church calendar, Easter is not just a single day. It is an entire season of 50 days um, that starts with Easter Sunday and then goes on until the day of Pentecost. And Easter season, after the season of Lent, which is kind of the season of sorrow, Easter season is kind of is a season of joy, um, as reflected in the colors of white, as opposed to purple or blue, which uh, is what Advent or Lent would be. Um, Easter is a season of joy. A, a church calendar enthusiast would say, you know, have... Uh, Go out, go out to eat an extra time or two per week during the Easter season, or have some friends over a little bit more than you typically do. Uh, than you typically do, just to just to practice uh, this this season of joy that we're in. We have seen, uh, we we have heard plenty of of emphases in the church about joy and prosperity. Uh, oftentimes negative, um, such as the prosperity gospel TV preachers, um, that you know that, that you almost get the sense that if you're if you're sad or you shouldn't have any bad thing happen to you because that means that you're doing something wrong. So you have this prosperity gospel, which is just like. If you think the right thoughts, you will almost will things into existence. And that's an abuse of joy. And we, maybe in some of our circles, have heard a needed correction that it's not always the case that good people always prosper and wicked people always perish. But we also need to embrace practices and emotions such as lament and repentance and grief and sadness in fact, these are emotions that, if you read the Psalms, are all over the place, and Christians should embrace those emotions. We should be a people who are not afraid to cry and lament and embrace sadness and have a season of sadness sometimes. However, just because one theme of joy can be abused like we see in the prosperity gospel tradition, does not mean that we must, therefore, disuse it. In fact, the answer to abuse is not disuse, but proper use. So we must still remember 
that we must be a people of joy and happiness. And I acknowledge those who are going through now or have gone through intense seasons of sadness. But Christians must be a people of joy. In fact, when Paul lists the fruits of the Spirit, in other words, these things he lists are the characteristics that followers of Jesus are supposed to show, one of those things is joy. It is something that we must show that is evidence that the spirit of the living God resides within our midst. Amen. Joy. We must be a people of joy. And joy is much more than just an emotion. It is a state of being glad or content or happy. Not in some cheesy, fake kind of way. Some of you have probably encountered people that you would just say, they're just a joyful person. And Christians should be identified by their joy. We should be identified by our joy. And it is so easy to forget that. That we are to be a people known for our joy. That we should long to have people say about us collectively and individually that they are just a joyful people. Amen? So a day is coming when we will no longer be shamed, as the text says. We will have continual joy, and we will lack nothing. Where wounds will be healed, and divisions will be united, and the resurrection of Jesus ensures the defeat of sin and death. And though the final day is not yet upon us, as reflected, each and every day we wake up, that final day is not yet upon us. We can also be sure that it is not far from us. So we must not, we must never stop lamenting in the current age. We must never stop grieving in our current age. We must never stop repenting in our current age or embracing any kind of sadness, or acting like it doesn't exist. We do ourselves no favors when we act that way. But let us never become a people who refuse to embrace Easter joy, that the Son of God, risen from the dead, death and sin are defeated, and we will one day experience that complete and utter renewal and transformation, where there will be no more sadness, there will be no more sickness, there will be no more evil and pain and suffering in this world. Jesus tells us that his joy is in us. It's in us. It's in us corporately and it's in us individually. Any one person whom the Spirit of God resides within, has the joy of Jesus within you. So let us all practice feasting in the present time for the ultimate feast that we will one day partake in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thanks for listening. Join us at the Mission Cleveland next week.